This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. This is Arjun welcoming you to this episode of Secrets to Win Big. In Secrets to Win Big, what I've seen is winning is always fun, but winning big puts brands on the path to wins that can be sustained over time. And that to me are the real big fun moments that we all play for in the business world. Today, my guest is one of the top CFOs in the country. But what I also want to bring to you, and so as you listen to him, you really also must focus on, is he's an amazing human being. And I just think both those are very important to succeed in the corporate world. Keith McCaslin, and Keith is the managing partner of McCaslin Consulting, assisting with businesses, and also private equity companies. He has served as CEO, President, Global uh, General Manager, and Operating Partner and CEO for different companies. And the impact he has made has been really broad. It has been anywhere from consumer world to industrial products, work with some major private equity groups like Blackfoot Capital, uh, also you know, Blackstone Group, as well as the Sterling Group. And you know, before I start, I also have to share how I got to meet this amazing human being. Okay? I was golfing by myself and I was paired with three other individuals. And it was very obvious that one of them was somebody important. And that was Keith, of course. And there were two other people. It was November golf in December uh, in Denver, Colorado. But on the second hole, when I was struggling to put my tee in the ground, this gentleman who I just met literally took what it looked like a weapon. It actually was a powered screwdriver. He with precision threw it in the ground, drilled for me and says, there you go. And I could put my tea in. I was blown away by the level of preparedness of this man. And what happened as a random incident on a golf course made me connect to this amazing human being, an amazing CFO, but more important, an incredible human being. Keith, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Thank you, Arjun, and uh, thanks for telling the uh, the story about the crazy me and the uh, screwdriver golfing. But uh, no, it's been a, a long and wonderful uh, relationship getting to know you, uh, both in a business and personal level over the years. So thanks so much. appreciate it. Absolutely. And I didn't want to miss that opportunity to talk about the screwdriver story. <laughs> so now let's go into about your amazing career. Okay. And, you know, Keith, what always when I start looking at a career, which especially like yours, which has multiple areas from consumer goods to industrial to now with PE or, you know, firms, having that sustained success, what made you successful to help companies develop and implement their competitive advantage? Like, what was the, what's the core secret for you? 
You know, I think the, the, there's a few things. One, you, you know, you've talked about me being a CFO several times. That was early in my career, but having been a CFO and migrated operations and become a CEO, mm-hmm. having both the finance operation background has helped. And, and with that, I developed a formula over the years that I call strategy, structure, and talent. And the way I view that is if you think about a stool with three legs, that business success is this three-legged stool, and each leg, strategy, structure, and talent must be in place. If any one of those legs is missing, the stool falls over. You know, so I think that's been very important for me to, to develop that, learn that over the years. You know, I've helped introduce that to, to teams that help us, you know, you know, build and create sustainability and create a foundation for profitability. So you're talking about two words, you know, structure and strategy and both of them result in sustainable results. So as a CEO, president of a company, and again, you know, your career started in CFO and since then you have had major impact as CEO and a leader of organizations. So what's the difference between structure and strategy that leads to sustainable results? You know, I think you've got to, you break each of those legs down. If you think about business strategy, to me that is, you know, developing your secret sauce. You know, what is unique about your company? You know, what makes you different? You know, how do you create that, that niche? Because to me, that strategy focused on being the best, unless you've got something that differentiates you from your competition, you know, you're not successful. So to me, it's that secret sauce element. When you think of structure, you know, a lot of times they'll say, you know, strategy, structure, talent, people, oh, structure. That's your legal structure or your business structure. And... Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that is a component of a successful business, obviously. But I'm not thinking of the business structure. I'm thinking of how do you go about the process of creating your your annual operating plan, your business plan, so you know your resources, you know, you align everything to your tactical goals, and create objectives to support the business strategy. To me, that's the important aspect of structure. So it's, it's like developing your annual business plan. You know, you've got to define goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. You must be sure they're reasonable and obtainable. Mm-hmm. A key that a lot of people miss is assign responsibility to attain those and set a timeline for achievement. You know, some people might call that setting milestones, but to me, it's the elements I just described of goals, objectives, make sure they're reasonable, attainable, assign responsibility, you know, and set a timeline for achievement. You know, that helps outline that structure part of it. And, you know, to me, the way you broke it down, it just reminds me an advice I got from a mentor of mine, Scott Beck. And in a critical moment for Boston Market and Einstein Brothers, when he made some big decisions with very senior level team members, I just wanted to ask how Scott sees things. And he just said, Arjun, every idea is not a plan. Every plan to implement flawlessly you're useless to me at the end and I really think as you talked about is you know the strategy but from there connecting it to the process structure is the process that you have the annual plan and everything it's basically taking the idea to results I think that's very powerful you also talked about assigning responsibility I just want to go a little broader there is how do you identify the right talent and how do you assign responsibility where the person feels that Keith is totally giving, putting me in charge? How do you do that? 
You know, it, the, the key is, you know, that's the third leg of the stool. You've got to find, you know, the right talent. Uh, and they've got to make sure that that talent works harmoniously in the business to help it grow, you know. So what I look for is three things in talent. You know, I look for individuals, I look for leaders, and then the organization. So if I, I break it down, when I look at the individual, I'm looking at bringing a person in, not only the typical, uh, do they have the education, do they have the experience, but they also have the wisdom of diversity of learning. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, have they learned from others? Do they have the ability to grow and provide leadership in the future for the success of the business? You know, leaders, on the other hand, in an organization, I'm looking for people who are offering, you know, mentorship, you know, guidance. Will they cultivate and strengthen the people that work for them and with them? You know, it gets back to, you know, team chemistry and developing that as, as we move forward. And do they support the strategy of the business moving forward to make sure that we do have that competitive advantage? You know, and finally, it's the organization. It's making sure that, you know, you're recruiting the right people, that you're training them, you're offering, you know, and, you know, you all, always say job enrichment, but you, you have to have opportunities for people to expand their knowledge and their experience in the business, you know, and making sure that you communicate. Uh, you know, communicate is probably one of the biggest things. Leaders have to communicate with all levels of their organization, make sure everyone is aligned with the goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. If you don't have alignment with the goals and objectives, you haven't communicated effectively, the chances are you're not going to succeed. And there are two things, Keith, I really liked is how you separated within an individual along with what we see on the resume, what we see as degrees, you added this other dimension about wisdom of learning from others. I really think that's a powerful concept. And what you also shared on leaders is the three areas that I just wrote down right away was you talked about mentoring, about guiding, but more importantly, strengthening others. Because I think that is such a powerful tool that you talked about. Switching gears, you know, talking to your work with PE groups, one of the things you have been, you know, credited with that you see opportunities that others do not. It's a very unique skill, and especially in the PE world, it is really valuable. If you can see the false positive, the false negative, the true positive, the true negatives, all those you can separate. So what's your secret to seeing in the PE world opportunities which others don't? You know, you get into the PE companies and you also get into turnaround businesses. I've heard in the past that, you know, a lot of businesses are failing because you know, of their, their leverage. They've been over leveraged in the deal. But you know what, it gets down to really the team and setting the tone as we just talked about a moment ago with strategy, structure, and talent with the team. And make sure you've got the right leadership and talent in place when a, a PE company goes out and acquires a portfolio company. And as I talked about a moment ago was communication. You know, messaging is always very important. Mm -hmm. You know, and let me give you an example. Well, the last businesses I ran, the key motto I had, even my signature line and my emails that I communicated in every town hall with all my employees was, I had this little saying, and it was, if you are not selling mm -hmm. or supporting selling, mm -hmm. you are just overhead. Well, you know, I had several people say, you know, that's just not right because, you know, I'm in receiving, I'm in manufacturing, I'm in different areas. How do I support selling? And I use the example of the person on the shipping dock. Mm -hmm. He says, I don't sell. I said, you absolutely do sell. You are the face of the company in many ways. You're out there talking to the shipper. 
when you're loading up the product to be shipped to the end customer. You are last line of defense to make sure the product we are shipping to the customer is packaged and labeled properly. I said, if you don't think that those guys on the shipping dock who pick up for me, whether it might be UPS or FedEx or, you know, another, another carrier, and you're chit-chatting with them and you tell them how great the business is, that has an impact. That gets communicated through the system. So by that example from someone at the shipping dock is how I've communicated to my teams that everybody touches the customer <laughs> in a unique way. And be aware of that because it sets the image of your company. It helps set the business for success and just helps the business grow as you move forward. So I reinforced that simple phrase over and over and over again. And you could have asked anyone in my prior business, what was Keith's favorite saying? And they would say that right to the person. If you're not selling or supporting selling, you're just overhead. And they could probably give you an example of what I meant. So that goes back and reinforces what I said earlier about communication, Arjun. Okay. And I think if you're not selling or you're supporting selling, you're just overhead. I love that. And I think that also puts the mindset of what the vision and the brand promise is and that forces everybody to understand. And, you know, the example that you gave, Keith, about the person on the shipping dock, many a time we do not see the value slash the super importance. And the two things you talked about is, one is this is the last person who would be handling the product before it goes to the paid customer. And the secondly, the communication he has with the shipping partners can be the beginning of a brand conversation or being viral or pride in the company, which again makes it priceless. I want to go to a phrase that you have used quite a few times is the secret sauce. Okay. What is a brand secret sauce and you know what how does Keith go about finding that for different brands? You know, secret sauce that's probably used over and over again in business, but to me it's finding and understanding your niche. You know, where do you have a niche? What differentiates you from the competition? But it's also one of the key things and the secret sauce is, you know what? You have to have a pulse of the competition of the industry to know when things are changing and be out in front of that. If the market has changed, the customers have changed and pivoted and you're behind the curve, you're never going to catch up. So mm -hmm. your secret sauce really is your niche, mm -hmm. understanding your customers, understanding your competition, and having you know the pulse of the industry really available and you're tracking it all the time. Thank you. So if you joined in late, you're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. And today in this episode, my VIP guest is Keith McCaslin, a person to whom top PE, com uh, PE firms go for buy, sell, or business growth or turnaround strategy. And one of the key things which Keith is very unique for is seeing opportunities that others don't. So Keith, if we go beyond the core business world where you have been so successful, what's your advice to anyone in any walk of life, any business? You know, what are some core things people need to do to be successful leaders? You know, I think you've got to be passionate. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to be willing to share. You have to be willing to help others, you know, and you have to be a member of the team. I mean, too many leaders, you know, try to be uh, a leader 
or they or your manager they don't get down in the details they don't get down and really work with their folks i think you've got to be you know arm in arm with your team to really understand them get them to support you but then again too as a leader as i've said a couple times you've got to be a communicator communication is the key to success you know in leadership people must understand the strategy of the business and that way they get focused coalesced around the strategy and that way you know your messaging is clear and concise if your team can repeat back to you too what is the strategy of our business so internal marketing is key where people must understand the strategy of the business I want to pick on something you talked about is being passionate willing to help and arm-in-arm with those in your team you know, among people who know you, there's this legendary story, we call that the secret Cleveland project. And this is where you were, again, I could get the facts wrong, but I just want to set the context <laughs> and you can then show us is you were coaching this team and when a new job took you to Boston, but your commitment to the team, which most of us would have looked at is, you know, come on, it's just a local team. You went above and beyond. So can you just share a little bit more about the project as we are talking about it and what drove Keith to fulfill his commitment to these young players? Yeah, thanks, Arjun. You know, to bring that up, I uh, wasn't expecting that one. But Cleveland, what happened was back in Cleveland, Ohio, um, I had been the CFO for a portfolio company of the Blackstone Group. Uh, and then I was had the opportunity to become the chief operating CEO of a plastics business they owned up in Haverhill, Massachusetts, which is up near Boston. And uh, what I told them is that I would not move, that I would commute. But I also have a strong commitment to my family and to the community as well as to business to be successful on all those various fronts. So I said, I will do it, but I'm also the local high school varsity hockey coach. I'm coaching a varsity hockey team here in uh, Chagrin Falls, Ohio. So what I ended up doing was taking the job as the CEO in Boston, but I would do is hold my team's hockey practice. This is at 5 a.m. in Cleveland on a Monday morning. Finish practice, shower change, jump on a plane, fly to Boston, be there in the afternoon. I'd be at the business on Mondays, Tuesdays, all day Wednesday, fly back Thursday night. It would be in Cleveland at the parent company for senior management meetings, coach the hockey team in the games on Friday and Saturday night, and then repeat again the next week. So it was a it was a big commitment. I had some great guys who were assistant coaches who coached the practices uh, in the middle of the week for me. But I had, was able to do that, and I was the hockey coach for Chagrin Falls hockey team for seven years, and did that for three of the seven years while commuting back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, I was both at that time successful at turning around that business, as well as I won a couple uh, championships with that hockey team while I was commuting back and forth. And I had the unique experience of being able to coach both my sons hmm. in a varsity high school sport that many fathers, unless they're a full-time high school coach, get to do. But being a business person as a CEO and a varsity high school coach, I got to do that. And I also consider that my way to pay back the community because, you know, you've got to also give back to the community in which you live. I started that high school team as, as kind of a backstory. The high school did not have a hockey team. Hmm. They built a rink in our community. I went to the uh, Board of Education, asked about a hockey team. They gave me what I called the Wizard of Oz list. If you can accomplish all these things and self-fund the team, we will support it. 
Hmm. Um, and I teamed up with a very good friend of mine, Jay Henderson, hmm. um, who had retired. At that time, he was still working for Price Waterhouse Coopers. But together, we uh, got the funding. I completed the Wizard of Oz list, and we uh, got a high school hockey team sanctioned and played in the leagues in Cleveland. So it was successful in many fronts. And, you know, it's interesting, even today, I was getting some messages from some of my former players from, geez, 15 years or better ago, maybe almost 20 years ago, send messages to me, the coach. And to me, that's the most rewarding thing in terms of giving back to the community that these young men today still remember you, still reach out to you, and you had an impact on their future life as men. Absolutely. And I really want to give a shout out to everybody who was fortunate to be in any one of your teams that and tell them that your coach, Keith, still loves you guys, cares a lot about you. And, you know, that level of commitment was not one time, it's forever. I just want to just, you know, pick on two things you mentioned. One is, sure. of course, you have been an athlete in your college days, and also you have been a coach. What role did sports play in your journey to be the super leader you are today? You know, to me, I think sports is a great background. And, you know, we, you talked earlier about talent. And one of the things I, I look at when I look at talent, too, have individuals played team sports, especially, versus individual sports. I mean, I know you and I like golf, which is more of an individual sport. But individuals who have played team sports develop that different sense of what they call it, brotherhood or team identity or supporting each other. It's just like people who serve in the military. You know, they develop that sense of camaraderie, you know, and, and you're always there to support others. You pointed out earlier, one of the comments that I made is that, you know, what you do is you try to share, you try to pay it forward, you try to help others. I think you learn that when you play team sports growing up. So I, I think it's a real, a real credit to people who have played team sports. You know, and not everybody's on a successful team, but you learn a lot about interpersonal dynamics and support of each other during team sports. You also talked about, you know, work-life balance. And to me, you know, you really demonstrated on how you shared with pride being there for both your sons and being able to coach them. So in a corporate world where we all feel that, Keith, we have to choose, and sometimes when we choose, I always feel it's a passion of mine that we choose time. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day. We take time from family and invest in the business. How do you manage to maximize your career but also have a great work-life balance? You know, <clears throat> you look at things, you look back and say, you know, could I have gone higher? Could I have gone farther with my career if I would spent more time on my career versus trying to balance out family and community? Sure. But, you know, you've got to set priorities in your life. What's important to you? I mean, life goes by very quickly. And, you know, I decided I wanted to allocate my time not only being successful in business, but also allocate part of my time to my children, my wife, you know, and the community uh, in general in which I lived at the times. So it's just a matter of finding those uh, 30 hours in a 24-hour day, <laughs> Arjun, you know, making, making your time count that you have available, don't waste your time, and make it impactful. Love that. Find the 30 hours in a 24-hour day, make time count.
So if you again join just recently this incredible conversation have, I'm having with Keith McCaslin, a top resource leader that PE firms around the country go to. But at this point, we have just switched the conversation a little bit and talking about Keith, the human being who is so well respected. And also Keith is taking us into how team sports has been so important in his life. And this incredible thought he talked about, about work-life balance is life goes quickly, allocate times, find 30 hours in a 24-hour day. Of course, he said that with a smirk on his face. <laughs> but he wanted to also make sure that, I think that was the great advice is, don't waste, make every minute count. So I really think it's a great lesson on prioritizing. Okay. So Keith, listening to you, that you know, one of the things that comes to my mind is when I've talked to top athletes, a lot of them remove certain words from their dictionary. Okay. A golfer I know removed the word no literally from his dictionary and then he started removing other words. What are words not in Keith's dictionary ever? You know, the, the word that's not in my dictionary is the word failure. I mean, as you think, as you mentioned, thanks uh, as an athlete, a formal athletic coach in hockey and football and baseball over the years as a business person, you know, failure is the word that I've eliminated that I would not embrace. You know, I'll give you a couple, couple examples of trying to eliminate the word failure. You know, one is that you probably heard it over and over again, but I instruct my teams that whether it be a work team or a sports team or whatever, if you have a problem, don't just bring me the problem. Bring me the problem, describe it to me, help me understand what you recommend are the various alternatives that you considered, and finally, what's your recommendation? But don't delegate upwards. You know, delegating upwards and allowing someone to delegate upwards does not create a successful team and leads to failure. That's one example that I could give. Mm -hmm. The second example I, I would give is another sports analogy, is when you create a team. You know, you, you have, let's, let's talk, you've got, look at a sports team or a business team, you've got A, B, and C players, right? Well, if you think about a, a sports team that has all A players, how many of them actually win the championships? Mm -hmm. You know, not many. Usually it's a, a mix of A, B, and C players. And what I mean by that is the A's are just, let's call it your superstars. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the B players, you know, are there to support that. They're, they're there. They're contributing. They're not quite an A player. And the C players are your steady eddies. But you have a good mix of A, B, and C players. It creates a chemistry. It creates a spontaneity where the team works together. The team functions better. You know, it helps each other motivate and perform at the highest level possible. So that's just a couple examples, I would say, where you can eliminate failure, you know, by putting together a, a good team mix of A, B, and C players, number one. You know, and, and number two is don't let your team delegate upwards to you. I love that. Do not let your team delegate upwards. It's like in the business world, you just what I thought I heard, nearly every wise statement this was something new, like really you added to my vocabulary. So talking about inspirations, what's the one of the biggest inspirations in your life, person, event, or anything? 
You know, I don't think there's any uh, one specific thing, but, you know, I'm going to say that you know, my wife is my, my big, inspir uh, big inspiration for me. She's been my biggest supporter. She's been my advocate. You know, she's my best friend. She inspires me, you know, to, to be successful. Uh, we've known each other since we were 15 years old. I don't know if you knew that, Arjun. We're going to oh, be married. Oh, I know. No, we're going to be married 41 years this year. You know, and, and she's a Ph.D. pharmacist, and I give her all the credit, too, in terms of what she does. She gets up every day where she's already retired from the Veterans Hospital in Denver. She's here working in the desert, and she's getting up every day, helping her team lead the COVID-19 response in a hospital with rarely any time off right now, fighting the pandemic, where she could be, you know, retired and here at home. So I think my wife is really my biggest supporter, my biggest inspiration, and she's been my partner through life. So I, I give a lot of credit to my wife. So I just have to add a little bit to that and ask you a follow-up question. So when, you know, for those of you, you know, or for who are listening is when I wanted, you know, when I was having a conversation with Keith to invite him, Halfway through the conversation, he had to show me this incredible picture of Keith, Mary Sue, both of them golfing, Keith's wife. And Keith, every time, even today when you shared, you have the sparkle in your eyes and the excitement that it doesn't feel that you guys have been married for 41 years. It just feels you met yesterday. And the 41 years together, has I really think only added more. So this is totally friend to friend, and you know how much of a relationship expert I am with all failures in life. <laughs> What's the secret to having this level of love and appreciation in life? And how does, and of course you talked about how it strengthens you. How do you get there? Like what's your secret there? I think it's, you know, respect for each other. It's communicating back and forth. It's that loving and that support and being each other's best friends. You know, I think that all those things contribute together to help make it successful. Well, and I really appreciate you. You know, it was a very personal question and thank you for sharing that. Okay? Yeah. So now with all the wisdom, if Keith could go back in time and talk to the Keith graduating from high school, playing football, what advice would you give that kiddo based on everything you've seen in life? You know, it's something I've developed here in the past few years. I've, I've come to the conclusion, and I'll use a sports analogy because I used to play a lot of football, is that, you know, life's like a football game to me, the way I look at it these days now. It has four quarters, and it has overtime. And the way I break it down is birth to, like, age 20 is the first quarter, 21, you know, to 39 is the second, 40 to – to, uh, to 60 is the third quarter, 60 to 80 is the fourth quarter. And once you get over 80 years of age, uh, you're in overtime. So what I would do is just encourage my younger self, maximize each quarter of your life. Take a look at your life in, in, in those four quarters, holding overtime off to the side, so to speak, knowing you'll get there eventually. But maximize each quarter to the fullest, whether it be you know, with family, with friends, with relationships, with mm -hmm. business, as we've talked about today. But also remember, that's the little things in life that matter. Um, as I look back now that I'm <clears throat> in that fourth quarter, um, you know, 
you always hear it's a cliche, life goes by too fast. And mm -hmm. I think once you get into your 60s, you look back and realize that's more than a cliche. Life really does go by fast. Even though you've tried to do as much as you possibly can to spend time with your children, with your family, and do those things over the years, you know, there's maybe opportunities you could have done more. The, the kids grew up so fast. Now I'm watching my grandkids grow up very quickly. So I, I would just say cherish and respect everyone. Remember, life's not fair. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to fail and always keep moving forward. Love that. So finally, you know, from the very beginning, you talked a lot about process and I just find that success that has a process and a plan, that is the only success that can be repeated. Rest is decently random. And you have had an amazing process, structure, framework, everything in life. So is there a routine for Keith? What's the first thing you do and what's the last thing you do, you know, when you're just wrapping up the work side of life? Is there a routine that you want to share? You know, it's, it's kind of both personal and it's, it's kind of business, you know. Actually, when I wake up every day and when, before I go to bed every night, I just give thanks and praise to God for my entire family, my friends, everyone's health, safety, especially during these COVID-19 times. And finally, asking for wisdom to make the right decisions. On the business side, I'm, I'm, as you well know, I'm very process oriented. So I keep a priority list. I get up every day because I finished the day before by putting out my priority list. So the next morning when I wake up, I look at it. I've already got things to do today. I file them by A, B, and C, high, medium, low. And then I may have A1, A2, B1, B2, B3, B4, and P, and P is personal. So any personal things I need to get done for that day go into the category of P. So my very first focus is A items are the highest priority. I try to make sure I knock those off. I think it's very important that you have a priority list and you get something done every day. Because what does that do? It starts your day off with a sense of accomplishment, right? How important is it to accomplish a task every day to be able to move forward, you know? So many people get up and they don't know what to do next, but if you have a priority list, you accomplish a task, you've got something done. And at the end of the day, you can, on a work day, you can go back and look at your list, see what you've accomplished, reprioritize, and set your list for the next day. And that way it keeps you moving forward, it gives you that sense of accomplishment, and you have a feeling of success for the day. So Keith, this is absolutely incredible, sharing both your secrets and the professional life, personal life, your processes. What is the best way for those of us who are listening to reach out to you? And thank you. Thanks, Arjun. Probably the couple ways you can reach me is one of my email. It's Keith, my first name, K-E-I-T-H, at mccaslinconsulting.com. And that's M-C-A-S. LANconsulting.com. Or you can also reach out to me on my mobile phone, which is area code 303 520 2493. And happy to talk and, and help you out if you have some questions. And I really do appreciate this opportunity to, to connect with you, Arjun, and speak about some different ideas and philosophies today. And so thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's much appreciated. Oh, it's absolutely. It's my pleasure. And there's a third way also you can reach Keith, is if you're on a golf course <laughs> and this man takes up the screwdriver and th throws it on the ground and he nails it. <laughs>
and he's doing it not for himself. He's doing it so you can put your tea in. That is Keith McCaslin. So Keith, thank you for sharing. And I just want to do a quick recap on some of the amazing nuggets you shared with us today. And so, you know, some of them are so simple, but I really think has major impact in how people think and how they are successful. First is if you're not selling or you're not supporting selling, you're simply an overhead, which means each one of us, whatever business we are in, B2B, B2C, we really need to understand either we add value or we support those who add value. Another big nugget from you was how you broke it down for the importance of every role and the example you gave about that person on the shipping dock who many a time gets ignored, but how important is not only the task he or she does, but also the energy that he or she has of connecting to the brand and how it starts the whole viral reaction. And that also, I think, connects to your message about marketing inside everybody in the team must get the communication message. You also broke down the importance of talent and you talked about individuals and one of the things you talked about along with things on the resume, past accomplishments, what they can do, teamwork, everything is wisdom to learn from others. If they don't have that, if they have stopped learning, you really are, should be scared of that talent. And also as a leader, you talked about it's very important to mentor, guide, and also strengthen others. Then evolving, I think from there, a little bit more into leadership, one of the things you said will stay with me for a long time is that, you know, do not delegate upwards. Every time you bring a problem, bring a solution, and that shows that you want to stay on the solution end instead of being a lab technician and reporting a problem and just raising a flag. That's not the business we are in. And finally, when you shared about your process, it was very important for us to all learn there was get something done every day, start with priorities, and that just builds a momentum as we start moving forward. And feeling that sense of accomplishment is a great way to start the day. Again, Keith, thank you. This is Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Truly was a pleasure to learn with this amazing human being who lives at the intersection of brilliance of leading organizations through strategic thinking, but action. But on the other side is a great human being who is there for his community, for his family, and also shared with us a few secrets there too. I'm looking forward to bringing you another episode of Secrets to Win Big soon with leaders from another walk of life. Please till then, review, support, and also subscribe to the podcast and really appreciate all your, uh, all your guidance and also all your advice. Happy listening and enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Keith. Thanks again. Thank you, Arjun. Have a great day. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, Brand Whisperer top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. 
Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.